Hello to the wonderful family I have, the family of God. Don't you love it? We are one family. And to Jesus be all the praise. Thank you for being with me today. This is going to be a beautiful time, just you and I. We're going to have a heart-to-heart talk, from heart to heart, from my heart to your heart. I want to share with you the importance of communion, partaking communion, why it is so important to our faith, our walk with the Lord. And I pray that God will use this to speak to you about having communion and doing it properly, doing it properly. So we're going to talk about this in just a moment. Please don't miss not even a a moment of this. And please share this with your friends because it's needed. And Lord, we come in your sweet and wonderful name. And Lord God, I pray today you'll speak to us. Make this so clear. Let your people receive and walk with you closer than ever in your sweet, dear name, Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. All right, I have so much to talk to you about, so let's, let's begin. Communion, the Lord's Supper. I partake communion often, regularly, weekly in fact, but I do it often. And I have seen a change in my life ever since I've begun. And I really want to talk to you about this. You know, I have walked with the Lord now, goodness, 1972, February 14, 1972. Next year, it'll be 50 years. In 2022, it'll be 50 years. And I think about what God has done with me in the last few years. And I see such a change in my life, personal life. You know, I've been in ministry since 1974, the end of 74. That's a long time, nearly 48 years now. And you know, I've, I've, I've seen the anointing at work in a lot of the meetings I've, I've had. Sometimes the power of God, so powerful, I didn't think I would even, uh, how shall I say, I thought my body would explode at times, to be honest with you. So great was that anointing in many of the meetings. And uh, what I felt on my body was just beyond description. It was beyond glory, to be honest with you. It was just ecstasy, power so amazing. Yet, in the last few years, what God has done with me is more precious to me than I can talk about. Not only my love for the Lord that has gone so intense and so deep, but also the intimacy I have today. That, you know, yes, I did have that intimacy, of course, when I began, but it was not the same. This is is a more mature intimacy, a more precious intimacy. I don't know how else to say it. But communion has played a big part, a very big part, in intensifying my love for the Lord, and my intimacy with Him. So, communion. You know, Paul the Apostle declares very clearly in Corinthians. He says, if we 
partake unworthily, unworthily, not discerning the Lord's body. Uh, that's quite actually dangerous, he says. He says, for this reason, uh, some are weak, some are sick, and some have died before their time because they did not discern, discern the Lord's body. I grew up Catholic, or I should say with a Catholic mentality. I grew up in a Catholic school. My mom and my dad, Greek Orthodox. So the belief on communion is the same with the Catholics and the Greek Orthodox. I was an altar boy uh, in our church. And I always revered, very much so revered, the time when we took communion on Sunday in church, which happened every Sunday. And then, of course, I also did partake of communion in the Catholic church because I went to a Catholic school. So every Sunday, we would uh, go to the you know, Greek Orthodox, where I was the altar boy. And Monday through Friday, we, we, we were taken many times to the Catholic church, next door to our school, where we also took communion. But I will never forget the experience I had in New Mexico one time that kind of changed my life. A group of Catholic charismatic sisters had attended the crusade and they invited me to come with my group to see them just outside Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I went there. And then at the end, about 60 of them, uh, sweet, precious nuns. And at the end, uh, they said, can we serve you communion? I said, absolutely. Well, they said, you know, being that you grew up Greek Orthodox, uh, you, can, you, you can partake. I said, but then they, they said, your friends that are Pentecostals, uh, can they wait outside the chapel? I said, I'm sure it's no problem. So I went in into the chapel with these amazing Catholic sisters, charismatic Catholic sisters. And they began to sing, and I, I was kneeling on uh, this kneeler where, uh, where I was. The Reverend Mother was preparing the elements, not even five feet away from me. And I was kneeling, and all the other sisters were, were all, all around me, worshiping the Lord. And uh, I had my eyes closed. And suddenly, suddenly, as I had my arms out like this, I felt the robe of someone. With my own fingers, I felt the robe of an individual. So I thought it was the Reverend Mother, but she wasn't anywhere near me. She was still at the altar preparing the elements. So I didn't know what what was happening? I closed my eyes again, and here it was again. I opened my, my, my eyes. She's still there at the altar. No one in front of me at all. I closed my eyes again. And now not only did I feel the robe, I felt the body of that individual. When I opened my eyes, I could still feel it. I could still feel someone there. It was a moment I will never, ever forget.
Then the Reverend Mother turns around. She serves me communion. This had never happened to me before. It was like electricity went through me when I took the wafer, like electricity went through my body. I believe with all of my heart that when we partake of communion, we are partaking of the Lord himself. Because Jesus said, this is my body. He didn't say this is symbolic. He said, this is my body. This is my blood. Now, here is where I differ with the Catholics. Because I grew up in the Catholic schools. I had a Catholic mentality when I was young. And they taught that it's the actual flesh. It's the actual blood of the Lord. What I believe today as a charismatic Pentecostal, that number one, in spirit, in spirit, it is his body. In spirit, it is his blood. I differ from some of my Pentecostal brothers who say, well, it's symbolic. I can't understand how a symbolic act can be so life-changing to all of us. Think about what Paul the Apostle says. Having not discerned, discerned the Lord's body, having not understood it is his body in spirit, is really what he meant. Having not discerned the Lord's body, many are weak, many are sick, many have fallen asleep before their time, or died before their time. I will never forget another experience I, I had years before that, years before that. I was in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, back in the 70s. I was sponsored by the Catholic Church at the time, <laughs> believe it or not. It was the charismatic Catholics that sponsored my early meetings in Canada. The Pentecostals, I don't think, believed uh, much in, in, in the fact I was called into ministry. I was so young, and many of the Pentecostal preachers who became my friends later, very dear, in fact, to me later, in the early days, uh, felt I should go to school first and Bible school and all that. And, and I wanted to, but it was not God's will for me at the time. It was the Catholics who believed in the ministry God gave me. And I had amazing meetings in uh, northern Canada and parts of Quebec. Uh, my, my greatest, uh, I think, the greatest healing I ever saw in my life was in Montreal. Uh, with a Catholic lady. But anyways, I was in Sousa Marie. The Catholic Church had sponsored the meeting. Some Pentecostal preachers were there with me who were friends to me, uh, of mine. And after the service, we had a glorious meeting. And one of the sisters, again, charismatic sisters, said, can I show you something? So, you know, everybody's sitting eating in this place, we were at somebody's home. And she said, can I show you something? And she takes me up to this room on top where she had a communion table with the communion. It was like a chapel, this dear uh, Catholic sister. And uh, 
And I saw the stations of the cross and it was lit with red lights everywhere. It was beautiful. And she looks at me, she says, the Lord is here. She points at the table, at the communion. She said, the Lord is here. I knew exactly what she meant. So I said, yes, sister, the Lord is here, meaning the room. And then she walks over and she kneels on the little bench right in front of the communion table and she's weeping. I'm standing looking at the, at the pictures and waiting for her to get up so we can go eat. I was so hungry and tired. But she was completely in the, in the spirit. It was beautiful to watch. So I kind of looked over like that, hoping maybe she can feel that I was standing there waiting for her to, to finish. And she just would not stop praying. I said, okay. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll join her since she's not going to get up. Maybe if she can see I'm praying with her, she'll say amen so we can leave. The minute I knelt, the minute I knelt, the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord was beyond glorious. A tangible presence was there in that room. Now I'm weeping. We're both crying. I forgot all about the dinner. I forgot all about the, the people below waiting. Minutes, I don't, maybe say 10 minutes or more, went on, passed by. We both get up. We are so full of the Spirit of God. The Lord just filled, filled me in such a way the second I knelt. I, I didn't have communion at the time. I looked at her, I said, Sister, I said, um, you believe Jesus is in the communion and I believe he's in the room. I said, you know what? We both experienced his presence. The Lord knew our hearts. And she said, you're right, Benny. Both of these experiences together have left a mark on my heart. That communion cannot just be symbolic. It is in spirit, the Lord's body. It is in spirit, the Lord's blood. So we have to understand something. Something I think that's very important to us. Uh, and I want to be very clear with it. Every time you see a covenant in the Old Testament, you see a meal following that covenant that triggered the promises of the covenant. Whether it was Abimelech with Isaac, whether it was Jacob with Laban, there was always a meal after the covenant. But let's talk about Abraham. God gives Abraham the promises. Nothing happens for a long time. No, there's, there's no Isaac till Genesis 18. In chapter 18, God has a meal with Abraham and Isaac came. A year later, Isaac was born. So you see that a meal releases the promises of the covenant in the old covenant and in the new, by the way. Let's go to the children of Israel. 400 years in the 
in, in, in bondage in Egypt, that last night, Passover, they ate the lamb. What happened? They came out of Egypt. The promises made now came to pass while they were chewing. Think about what I'm saying to you. Later, God calls Moses up to Mount Sinai and the elders of Israel. It says they ate with God. They ate with the Lord. What is remarkable about that is right after that, God said, build me a tabernacle. I'm coming to dwell with you. To me, it's remarkable that a, a, a meal with God triggers the promises that God had made to the children of Israel, for he promised to dwell among them. But that didn't happen until the elders of Israel and Moses sat and ate with the Lord. And the blood then was applied on the nation and on the book of the covenant and so on. You look at that all throughout the Bible. Every covenant finished with a meal. It was the meal that released the promise of that covenant. The Lord Jesus, what happened? He comes to earth. He gives the promise of the Holy Spirit. He gives the promises in the New Testament for the Christian life. Now comes dinner. He serves them what? The bread and the wine. Following that, what happened? He went to the cross. He paid for our salvation and for our sins. He took our death, gave us his life, and all the promises were now ours. He comes after he's raised from the dead. He comes into the, the upper room. What does he ask for? A meal. He eats with them. What happens? Pentecost takes place following that. So every covenant has a meal. When we have communion, we have that meal again with God. It releases all the promises God has given us in his word. This is why I'm talking to you today about the importance of having regular communion. Yesterday, I had communion. And it was amazing. I don't know if I can describe to you, I don't know if I can describe to you the, the, the intense presence of the Lord that happened yesterday to me. As I partook communion, I thought I was in heaven. I thought I died and went to heaven. It was so glorious. The, the precious presence of the Lord, his, his intimate presence is beyond description when we have that time with him because it is partaking of him. You know, in John 6, the Lord said, if you do not eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. So communion is partaking of the Lord in spirit. I want to repeat that, in spirit. We partake of his body, we partake of his blood, and when we partake of his body, knowing it is his body, in spirit, we're not eating his actual flesh or his bone. We're eating his body in spirit. But it is so real 
such a real experience, it truly affects us, deepens us in Him. There is a, a, a union that happens with the Lord that doesn't happen really at any other time. There is a union in the communion that only takes place in the communion greater than even in prayer. Yes, we've, we, we've all experienced union with the, with the Lord when we pray or when we read his word, but there's something special that happens when we participate in communion and we partake of him we partake of the Lord. And I repeat, I think that's what Paul meant when he said, having not discerned, discerned the Lord's body, many are weak, many are sick, many have died before their time. Because they have not discerned, they were not just eating bread. They were not just drinking the cup, whether it's wine or grape juice. They were truly partaking of the body of Jesus. More healings, this is a, a fact, this is a study that was done, and it's a fact. More healings take place during the, the, the communion in a Catholic church than it, it does in a Pentecostal church. That's just been proven for many years. More people get healed in a Catholic church, most of whom aren't even saved. Think about that one. And yet they get healed during communion. How can it be? Because they revere that moment. There's reverence for the Lord. While when people see this, that it's symbolic, they lose the reverence, and losing the reverence, they're not discerning it's the Lord's body. Now, these amazing sweet Catholics, when they become charismatic, they, they get saved, of course, and, but, but they keep that tradition in them. I have seen more miracles when Catholics attend my crusades than at any other time. When I was in, in, in Italy, more than once, some of the greatest miracles I've ever seen in my ministry that, that God has given me, in the ministry God has given me, it's his ministry that he has given me, happened with Catholic people. The, the first man that was healed with cancer in, in the early meetings was a Mr. Vachon. He was a Catholic French from, from Quebec. I can give you name after name. Rita Lacour, one of the greatest miracles I ever saw in a Catherine Kuhlman service. She was crippled on a wheelchair with MS. She was Catholic. Why do Catholics get healed so fast? And, and, and why so powerfully? Because they revere the communion time. And they understand the supernatural way more than some Pentecostals do. And they accept it. I have never had a problem with Catholics, uh, you know, believing that Jesus heals for today. But some evangelicals argue with me. Even Pente Pentecostals will say, well, you know, I'm not sure about that. Why is it that Catholics get healed so much quicker? I repeat. They grow up, they grew up in Catholic churches knowing it's the Lord. And they believed in miracles so quickly. No, I don't agree with everything the Catholic Church stands for. I don't agree with the worship of saints, which I believe is total idolatry. 
and on and on. I don't want to give you the list of things I don't agree with. But I think we Pentecostals have lost that one thing that we should have kept. That communion, the way the Catholic Church teaches it. Now, again, we, we don't go as far as they do in that. It's the actual flesh and blood. We don't go that far. But I think we need to come to that balance, to that place, that central place where we know it's not symbolic. It is his body. It is his blood in spirit. I encourage you. I ask of you. Begin having communion with the Lord like that. When you hold that bread in your hand, don't, don't rush. Don't rush. Thank him for his body that was broken on the, on the cross. Thank him for his body that was, that was whipped and beaten and buffeted. Thank him for what happened in Gethsemane. What happened in the house of Caiaphas. What happened in the Praetoria. What happened on Golgotha. Go through every event from scripture. I do. I say, Lord, I thank you for Gethsemane as your sweat became blood. I thank you, Lord, for when you stood in the house of Caiaphas and you took upon yourself, oh, dear God, you took upon yourself my pain. And I just keep going and, and I give the Lord every detail of what happened on that day as they pulled his beard off, as they beat his face and blindfolded him and mocked him and spit upon him. And then he goes to the praetorium, our precious Lord, and they put the crown of thorns on his head and they whipped his body till the bones were exposed. And then in Golgotha, they nailed his precious hands and precious feet and pierced his side. And by the time I'm, I'm done, you can't believe the experience that I have every single time, as early as yesterday, as recent as yesterday. And then you, you take that precious cup in your hand before you partake. You partake that bread, and then you take the cup and repeat how he shed his blood for us in Gethsemane, in the house of Caiaphas, in the praetorium before Pilate, on Gethsemane, and I should say on Golgotha. Miracles will happen right there in your, in your own living room. You will be healed. You will be healed. A lot of you write me about, you know, needing healing in your body. I'm telling you, you start doing that and the healing will come. Let me finish with this. My father-in-law, Roy was dying with cancer. Doctors gave up on him. His kidneys shut down. He was on chemo. He lost his hair, his color. And a man came and taught him communion. After all, he knew as a pastor, he was a mighty pastor with a mighty knowledge of God's word. And this man flew in from California and preached communion to him. And he began partaking communion. Within months, his hair came back, his color came back, his kidneys began to work. He lived an additional 10 years. When, when he was dying, Sue and I, my wife and I, went to just say our last goodbye 
and we heard that man give him the blessed word about communion. He lived 10 more years. I'm talking to someone who needs a miracle. I mean, physically, in your, in your body. Or you need deliverance from them, some demonic oppression. Have communion with the Lord. Start immediately and watch what God will do with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, speak to them. Manifest your presence. Please, wonderful Jesus, bless them and heal them and strengthen their body and their mind in Jesus' wonderful name. I give you the praise. I just felt to say also, if you know someone with mental illness, begin to serve them communion and tell them what the Lord did. Because some people by themselves may not be able to, but if they are, encourage them to do it. I think that mental illness will be gone in no time. I'm telling you, do it today. If you're weak in body, begin doing it right away and watch what God will do with you. Now it's time to give to the Lord's work of our finances because God's word declares, give it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall man give to your bosom. Do it today. God will bless you financially. Father, in Jesus' name, meet every need. Bless them, Lord, greatly. There'll be no lack financially in their life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Share this teaching today that I, I've, I've shared with you. It's so important. Much love to all of you. Thank you for being my partners and my friend. And by the way, as you sow, you can sow right there on that platform you are watching me on what it says donate or go to benihin.org or simply text BHM45777. Thank you for your love. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.